Welcome, 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 welcome to the Life is Dumb Podcast. Oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. What's the, up? The life is well, or no, life well done. I forgot podcast. we haven't done a show, uh, an episode yet since yeah, we changed it. Exactly. So <laughs> we are the uh, uh, life well done podcast. Right. And when you were you you proposed this like when, before we even started the podcast, and I was like, ah, you know, I, I like life is done. Like it, it just rings. Little did I know, stupid here, like life well as in well I'm done. Oh, and then, <laughs> hey, I guess maybe we could, uh, could we change it now? So this right. is me like, oh, I think that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> but yeah, it took a minute to, to get that sorted out, but I forgot that we haven't, we haven't yeah, done an episode we, since we changed that. So yeah, we've so, been, yeah now you can find us at life. Well, life well done uh, yeah. on Instagram and we'll have to change stuff on Facebook still. But, uh, yeah, if you're already subscribed, it should be all taken care of in iTunes and Podomatic. Yeah, everything's it, good. It should just link over to everything. Right. And I know there was a few of you out there who hit us up and like, hey, I can't, I'm not downloading it or I'm not able to download it, but that should all be resolved now. I yeah, think. It's, it seems to be. I think it was just a transition time between us changing it and iTunes uh, agreeing to it. So. My insta- instant gratification, like, should be fixed right now. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. man, we're trying to shuffle our internet box around the house and can't even <laughs> figure it out right. Yeah, there's stress everywhere today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get into this, um, as always, thanks for tuning into the Life Well Done podcast, the formerly known as Life Is Done podcast. And you can obviously find us on iTunes, sort of our gold standard. So log in there, leave us a good star rating and a, uh, some constructive criticism. And anywhere else you get your podcast, the Facebook page is ongoing. Uh, I've been lazy, so I apologize. Ditto. But, <clears throat> you know, it's uh, just adapting and overcoming. But we are back. And thank you for. Uh, it's been two weeks now, and I th- our goal was every every week. Um, however, things come up. I, I had some family in town, and school started again. And it's just yeah, it's been it's been busy a couple weeks here. And, and that, that it's like well, okay, so what are, what do we want to talk about? And I think it's another one of these podcasts where we can meet uh, with and talk about a topic that is almost like a conglomerate of all topics, and that's stress. Right. And we talk about stress. There's good stress. There's bad stress. You stress your body when you work out. You stress when you don't sleep. I mean, it, it is almost an impossible right. topic to it's tackle. Like finding that perfect threshold of good and bad stress and yeah. rolling with it. But I, I think that everybody probably experiences the uh, ebbs and flows of it, and where it's too much and too little. And I think my experience is that probably I probably sit in the too much range too often. So for me, it's it's something that I need to need. I want to and to improve on is just managing that stuff. And yeah. And it becomes difficult because it's almost like a catch 22. It's stress. There's no, there's no polypeptide. There's no protein called stress. There's no right. hormone called stress. There's no, it's just what it is. Right. It's a, it's a external thing that creates a modulation of hormones and it's, it changes physiology. It does. And we, we understand uh, in science how, how easily physiology can be adapted and and well, changed, adapted positively and negatively. Yeah. But uh, what we don't realize is just how we were just talking about this. The stress is just it. It can be such a complicated subject. It and is, when you, especially when you start talking about the mechanism of what's going on in the body and 
Well, um, and it's a catch 22 because when you create stress or you, well, you don't, well, you can easily create stress. Um, as I'm finding myself, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's easily, um, created from, from Sarah's taking a picture, our, our guest. I don't know if she's live thinking or whatever. Okay. What's up listeners? Hey. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> anyway, back to the, back to the point here. <laughs> This is why we can't do video because we'll just We're be like a, squirrels out here. Oh. Distracted. Um, but you create, <laughs> so you, you create stress, right? And, or stress is created. And I think as I was finding in research and, and, you know, I did a, an externship uh, for critical care in San Antonio in 2013. And I was just telling you that we would do these pathophysiology trees and you would have to create a whole separate category of the stress response uh, to an injury or a trauma a uh, disease or any, you could plug it in there. I mean, you could just say waking up late for work or school and you could plug the stress response there. But the catch 22 is when you create, when there is some sort of stress in the environment um, that, that, you know, creates a flight or fight response in you, what happens if with that prolonged period, you have a, you have a compound effect and you had said that it's, it's a catalyst and, a, almost like a compound. Yeah, it's, it's a disaster. I mean, so, it's catalyst because yeah. you think about good stress. All right, I'm in a you know I'm in the woods and I hear a bear and you know stress. Yeah. So then my body goes in the fight or flight mode and I'm getting the fuck. Yeah, I'm getting I'm out, out of there. Exactly. Um, so good good re- response to stress. But you talk about other other situations where it could be anything. It could be driving and there's traffic and you have a stress yeah. response to that and like how do you manipulate that to manage it and um but it can be a compound so catalyst in this uh the sense that it could save your life exactly uh compound that when you're already stressed by the traffic and then you stay with it now you're doing things to your body that are prolonging these things mm-hmm. so it's compounding so, so i think that it could be described as catalyst it, and compound. it is <laughs> and and on top of that you <clears throat> let's just take prolonged stress for example so uh, moving to a different place, starting uh, school or starting a new job or any of the things that I think we went through uh, separately, uh, getting to the place we are now, when you have, or let's just say uh, a chronic illness, uh, cancer or uh, allergies or anything like this, the compound effect is that when your body can't get out of it, it creates hormones that we have that take a, a precedent over other hormones that we have in our body that help us with homeostasis. So, and homeostasis being the, I mean, everyone can think back to biology, but it's the best place you can be. Exactly. Your baseline and baseline shift left and right. Sure. But when you have these hormones, like your epinephrine, your norepinephrine, uh, we'll get into it a little bit, but cortisol levels, your body, um, it, it continues down the stressful road. And so it is an incredibly hard thing to get out of unless you nail down the source and we'll, we'll talk about it here, but you know, I think there is something to be said about your cognition and emotional state that is also because of the, the compounded stress, the catalysts that it becomes even more difficult to get out of. And I think sometimes the only thing you really can do is a treat the illness and get over it or just take yourself out of the situation, relieve yourself from the situation. And on top of that, when you've got all these other hormones and, and, um, proteins and polypeptides, whatever you, whatever they are, um, you know, that when there is a manageable stress that's introduced into an already stressed 
situation, you, um, you don't, um, I would say you don't handle it the way that you should, or you're unable to manage it because your body's already in this. You're not in a, uh, a stage of optimization. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, that, that homeostasis is really, and we said, you know, you can move this up and down positive and negative, but homeostasis is really your optimal level of functioning, whether yeah. it be mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Homeostasis is home base. Yep. Um, it's a good way to put it. But, and again, you can change this, but there's just, you know, we talked about this pre-show. It, it was so much, there's so many things, variables that go into stress and like there's good, there's bad. So that's very easy. There's different responses. There's different ways of coping with it. Um, there's different short and long term, So acute and chronic issues. And I mean, we were also just talking about this, like, it seems that every, every episode of this podcast that we do, the subject has to do with what we're going through right now. And I don't, I think that both of us have been relatively stressed over the last couple of weeks, but yes, for whatever reason today in the last like two hours, it just smacked me outside the face. And I was like, Oh, of course not. We're going to go talk about stress. And I'm going to be like, oh, you be doing this and you be doing that. And I'm going to get more stressed out yeah. by it. But it's a, uh, it's just, I like to think about it in a psychological way. Obviously, mm-hmm. I know, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm as well versed in the physiology as you are. Uh, maybe I am and I don't know it, but I think you probably are. Psychologically, um, I have experienced functioning probably from more of a negative standpoint. Uh, that seems to be where I end up with a lot of things, but um, for myself at the very least. But like, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit before we got going here is, all of the shows that we've done, they're all tools to manage stress because stress is, I mean, I don't want to say it's the end all be all of mental health, but it really is kind of a, a at least a centerpiece of mental health where you look mm-hmm. at uh, stress to anxiety and depression, stress to your illness. You know, they talk about how you feed your mind, you know, people that overcome cancer without, you know, medication and, you know, even with medication, what are they talking about? Sometimes they'll talk about positive psychology. If you're not into that field, then fine. Uh, they just talk about managing the stress properly and giving your body optimal uh, opportunity to fight and mm. fend for itself. And so how do we do that? We have these coping man- uh, mechanisms. We have you know, drugs, alcohol, oh, cigarettes. Yeah. You have working out. You have talking. You have therapy. You have whatever it might be. You know, A lot of positive things. But when you don't manage it well, which I think that... I, me personally, I'm improving. Um, am I where I'd like to be? Not even close because it still feels pretty shitty. Um, but the other side of it is that I think that I was somebody that as soon as stress hit, I didn't know how to. And I think that's what I'm experiencing a little bit tonight. Um, you know, my sister, yeah. probably, she'd been listening to me, texting me all night and I've just been bitching about everything. But it's um, it's funny how when certain stress hits, if you don't, uh, catch it quickly it, it can turn into mm-hmm. something and fortunately i'm getting better at that but it's to say that i'm even close to perfect is it's not there and, and it's frustrating but you start learning about more of these things and what's going on in your body and you start learning more of how can i combat this and i hate using the word combat because that i don't know i think it's it, it explains resistance yeah um but at the same time for lack of better terms you <clears throat> combat the stress well so there's Manage, some maybe yeah so word. there's there's i'm trying to remember what what episode it was our last episode, but we were talking about how to deal with something head on and how to, um, really recognize what is happening in the moment. It's stupid that I can't think of it as our own podcast, but resiliency, resiliency yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Uh, how in the moment I think, okay, am I being resilient or am I not being resilient? And by understanding the stress response, I also 
can do the same thing as resiliency where I say, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I cope or manage it. It's just an awareness of what it is. And I literally can do that. Um, and it's not like learned. It's just, it's just understanding the process. Right. Like I know right now, and it doesn't necessarily happen like I'm at work and the phone's going off the hook and I got to take people off the machine and put people on the machine. It's like, that's stress. It's going to happen. You're going to get through it. But it's the, it's the prolonged stress. So over the last two weeks, Sarah and I have put a you know deposit down on a house and making sure that the loan goes through and all this stuff um, and having probably a little bit of trauma attached or not trauma, but a negative experience attached to almost like a PTSD in, in, a, a, way, in a way yeah, attached to the, uh, you know, the loan, the loan process. That sounds kind of weird and out of context, but there's, there was an emotional connection sure. to having um, the entire process go well. Well, and then there's the fear of things not going well. It, well, exactly. And, you know, so, human nature is to go yeah. negative and be like, well, everything's going to fall apart. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I found myself, um, really recognizing my baseline and knowing that I was grumpy and I was frustrated and the things that were, I just did every single day became a little bit harder to do and a little bit more of a pain in the ass to do. And I could recognize that I said, this is, this is a pr- like a prolonged stress response that I'm having in the, and then you have to think, okay, what do I do to get out of this? I know that if I'm only working out three times a week, man, like I got to do something about that so that my body is physically exhausted by the end of the day so that I'm not thinking or I'm not doing. Right. But I think, um, before we really get into to more of this and just setting the stage, we'll just talk about the stress response and everyone can remembers or has talked about the flight or fight response. And that's exactly what it is. If you subscribe to, uh, religion, um, I don't care, like dive in some evolution here. Um, there may be symbiotic in a way probably was happening, but anyway, uh, not to put anybody, uh, off. Uh, okay. So obviously you can think back, what is it, right? Like what is the, the flight or fight? And it was, when organisms were created, it, we've just had this situation where another organism needs energy from another organism, right. and that becomes a life or death situation for every organism. Sure, we are very um, protected in our wonderful four-walled houses right. and our airbags in our cars. There's no T Rexes or Velociraptors or packs of wolves trying right. to kill us every time we go out of the Bring house. Back. <laughs> if they're trying to in Colorado, please, please don't. Um, <laughs> And so we've evolved to sort of have a different type of stress today. We, we have different stresses based on the technologies that we have, the relationships, globalization, et cetera. Whereas back in the day, modern or not modern humans, our ancestors really had two things to worry about. Stay alive, don't die or don't get eaten or, or attacked. Right. And in organisms as well that evolved well before us into what we are, had to have some sort of mechanism to be able to cope to a stressful situation. Right. And that is the flight or fight. And obviously we know the the fight or, I mean, fight or flight is, the other component to this is the parasympathetic nervous right. system. So there's the, uh, there's the sympathetic and parasympathetic response. Parasympathetic being just your rest and digest. Right. And your, your sympathetic being get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Or fight, right? And yeah. we've we've all went through these situations, both, um, both different levels of arousal. Yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a few things you might. Uh, well, okay, I'll I'll leave it at that. It was going to get a little explicit. It's it's explicit enough, but um, so what do we have? We have uh, we can use as a simple a situation as you're hiking in the woods and you hear a rustle in the bushes and you know it's it's panther country, or 
I was on top of Long's Peak several years ago and a lightning storm kicked in. We were watching lightning like strike below us and we're like, well, we, okay, here we go. <laughs> Acute stress responses. Um, or the example of um, trying to figure out what the hell you're going to do with your life and, what? <laughs> right? what? and, and continually going down that road of prolonged stress. So, so what happens? Um, so the, it, they're both the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system are both for a, for a real layman's term are, um, they're created in the spinal column. They're I think one of them is in the sacral spinal column. The other one's just throughout the entire thing. Right. It doesn't really matter, but that's where it originates this weird. Uh, if I may, yes, um, please. if I may be not studying properly, but I do believe that sympathetic I don't even want to say this. I might be saying it backwards, but I think sympathetic might be going from level of T1 to L3. Uh, But I should double check that because I might be totally out of my mind Look at the the masters in in anatomy here. That's probably wrong. So we might have to fact check that. All right. right. (laughs) Does it make that big of a difference? No. We have these two different things going through our body. (laughs) Exactly. Fair enough. Um, But one, the one, the sympathetic being that thing, that that reaction, the the, uh, hair on your arm standing up, the butterflies in your stomach and the, I mean, you wouldn't be able to see this unless you're in front of a mirror, but the dilation of your pupils, all these things, the, well, here's, here's one thing, the inability to, to achieve and sustain an erection in the sympathetic response. Um, real issues, real issues, some serious issues, um, which can be applied. Maybe we'll go into there later, but you have the, uh, a lot of people, uh, feel the need to, uh, take a big dump when the sympathetic response kicks in because all that blood goes away from those, non-essential organs and you're trying to just dump everything you need to do at one given time to to focus on the the, the issue the so classic not, uh nervous poop the nervous poop <laughs> exactly um for men out there that get in a situation or women i suppose uh, however you subscribe um you know uh guys that uh, talk about not being able to to be sexually active in a really stressful situation or women that that don't are unable maybe to achieve orgasm or something like that. That's because there's this fight or flight that basically disallows your body to engage in something like that. So when you start thinking about it, if you ever had any of these issues, um, there could be a component of this stress response. So what, what happens? So really it all starts. Um, obviously, like we said, um, the reaction begins in the brain and it triggers an, a neural, a, a neural response from the hypothalamus and the hypothalamus, um, I mean, we could dig into what that is, but it has a few pretty interesting components to it, especially associated. I think that's with memory um, and uh, some other things as well, which will play a role into sort of the cognition part of this when we get into it. But the um, you then have an activation of the pituitary gland. You, you. I was fact checking. Sorry, I wasn't ignoring you. You good? Uh, sympathetic. Uh, ANS is going to be T1 to T3. So we're, mm, we're look pretty at much you, right dude. there. You got it. You got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. I feel better. I, I saw your, your, your eyes light up, so I was going to give you a second there. Um, so what, what the pituitary gland does is it, it really it secretes this hormone called ACTH, and it's this adrenocortotropic uh, hormone, for lack of a better word. And this is the catalyst for the entire stress response. Um, and the, the adrenal gland, which sits right above your kidneys mm-hmm. – also releases a few uh, catecholamines. And catecholamines are adrenaline, the adrenal gland, which is better known as epinephrine. It's a, a be, it's beta 1 and beta 2. And what that does is it uh, increases your heart rate. It allows for vasodilation in your uh, pulmonary system, so your lungs. So if anyone's ever 
puffed on some albuterol pre-workout, that's a beta two. And all it does is it increases uh, the ability for your, uh, um, lung, we'll just, we'll just call them tubes in your lungs to, to open up and take in more air to be able to run right. or do anything so like that. So essentially working as a steroid there to essentially, uh, increase optimization of, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Use. Um, so the adrenal gland releases epinephrine and that's where you get that increased heart rate, heightened awareness. And then your, all your body also, um, releases norepinephrine, norepinephrine, it's an alpha, it's an alpha one and alpha two. And really what that does is it, it takes your smooth muscle um, and your basically your vasculature, so your arterial system and your venous system, and it just tightens it, everything up. It, it squeezes, it t- makes the, the fire hose, if you will, like a little uh, smaller in circumference, and your blood pressure goes up. Right, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. and so they actually, the other interesting um, uh, component to this as well, so you can think back to your Savannah ancestor running around Africa, and you have this norepinephrine response to increase your blood pressure and your uh, coagula. So the ability to clot as well is increased. And these two sort of symbiotic catecholamine slash just factors in your body actually help prevent, and norepinephrine doesn't as much, but it's the clotting cascade that goes into effect so that if you were to have some sort of traumatic, um, like your arm gets bitten or you get you just name it. Um, it helps clot your system right. to prevent blood. blood I totally loss. forgot about that. Yeah. So that's a pretty cool. So your body is, it's so amazing that it works and has all these components, but unfortunately can sort of work in, um, work against you. Right. You well, what you just described, you know, like you, you get that, uh, you know, bit on bitten on the arm or something. Yeah. That's a positive stress response that the body does. That. I mean, yeah. like, I'm like, I like to talk about more of like the psychological aspect cascade. I'm sure we'll get there, but you just, I'm like, you can think about hiking and like some of the places we've gone, there's, there's no danger. Yeah. But the second you hear anything in in the bush next to you, you know, make a noise and you're like, Oh, oh yeah. shit, it, the heightened, the heightened alert. Yeah. Like you are, I mean, immediately it's like, I could be a world-class sprinter. Yeah. Like I mean, you're, you're I feel about to be shot yeah. out of a cannon. So you're, so other <laughs> things that happen as well. Um, so let me just pause so for some doctor that's probably listening to this or some, some critical care nurse. Who are these two assholes? Yeah. <laughs> are these? Well, I'm Brian <laughs> and I'm Nate on record. Norepinephrine actually can work to a disadvantage as well, sure. because if your blood pressure is increased and you have some sort of artery cut or a bleeding, that increased pressure can actually be a detriment to you because obviously the path of least resistance, right? Right. Um, that, yeah. So when you, you just look at, I mean, the cascade of psychological issues you can have, but uh, if you haven't put together already that, you know, okay, blood, you know, everything's constricted, blood pressure's up. Now, if you start going into an acute, not really that big of an issue unless you have some kind of baseline issue already. Yeah. Um, but prolonged stress, now we start to understand why, okay, this is causing strokes, it's causing heart attacks, it's causing depression, it's causing anxiety. It's because, there are these cascade of events. Like if you're not pumping blood properly, you're not getting proper nutrition, uh, nutrition to every other part of your body, but, um, you're also not going to be able to function. No. Uh, you know, whether it's working out or it's yeah. studying or it's, um, working in the field. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Whatever you might do, it's just not going to work as well. And so to, to compound on top of that, dare I say, we use that word again, <clears throat> you need a boost of energy too, right? Because you can't be a world-class sprinter to run away from the, the mountain lion right. without some increased blood flow to your, your muscles, right? So you do have, not only are you taking blood away from things like uh, your your digestive tract or you know, you, you name things that are less important, 
um, you have you now have a uh, your muscles are flush with with more blood and they now they need energy. Right. So this is where that the epinephrine also um, I'm, I've got it here it binds to liver cells and you have a production of glucose. Right. So all those stores that you have are are using as much of that stored energy, that glucose that they can possibly use. I mean, you can think about after a huge workout or after that energy rush, like I'm fucking starving. Right. Or you, well, it's it's <clears throat> like, so in, in the body, like where other than muscle cell, where do you hold glucose? You know, okay, not to get super specific, but where yeah. else do you hold glucose? In the liver, it's glycogen, yep. right? And glycogen is stored glucose. So, um, you know, like when you overeat or anything like that, the liver is going to try and store as much of that as possible. Yeah. But when you're... You know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but like, and it makes sense for me. So, someone, if you watched the way I live my life, you would understand kind of the way I'm built. And I'm starting to understand it better just from these conversations. But you look at stored um, stored glucose or glycogen from from stress, and when stress is released, now you have this elevated blood uh, blood glucose, which is your energy, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that's why you would eat before a workout. You need some a little bit of carb just so that. It's, it's not so that the muscles are filled. It's so that the blood is there's something Flush. quick we uh, yeah. draw from it. Um, but when you do that, and we just mentioned this too, uh, so you're stressed. You have glute blood glucose going up, and then you come home from a long day, stressful day of work or school, or you lost a game, whatever it might be, and then you go and eat uh, a whole pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream right after you crushed uh, twenty dollars worth of Taco Bell. Well, now we are looking at other compounding uh, effects on the body, yes. your overall health. Number one, you're going to have dopamine hits uh, that are just going to make the, cement this idea into your head. Artificial. Right. I mean, well, they are dopamine Right, responses. but like it's, it's going to be a response to something you don't actually want the response to. Um, so that's why you know when you're stressed, be very careful about what you pick and so choose to eat. Is it like and con- do. conditioning almost? Right. It, yeah. it, it is. It, it really is. I didn't ever put that together, but it, in a sense, it really is a conditioning. Um so you do that, and now you're looking at, all right, if you're elevated, chronically stressed, uh, you're already having high blood pressure, right? Uh, then you compound that with your food. <laughs> yeah. The cascade it, of events never ends. Yeah. So and this is all because a little bit of epinephrine and norepinephrine got uh, out, and then cortisol was like, hey, I'm here too yeah. to party. And Yeah, well, so we gotta, <laughs> we got to talk about cortisol too. So, um, the, so the other thing too, and I, I think the, <clears throat> the process where your, your liver uh, – will or epinephrine the liver helps secrete glucose i think that's a process called gluconeogenesis i believe yeah um this is a crazy process and this is happening all the time but um you you know you hear about people who the the body will always default to glucose 100 percent. like as an energy source will always always default to glucose it's the easiest thing to to use as a fuel source it's quick Uh, it's quick and so you hear people who go through these, I mean, this is sort of a side note, but uh, the ketogenic diet, right. high fat, high, or lower protein, very minimal carbs is also right. known as, not also known as, but the Atkins diet. Right. And, you know, and then intermittent fasting on top of that. Sure. It's like, well, I tried intermittent fasting and I was starving. Right. And well, yeah, if your primary source <laughs> of fuel for your body is broken down or is glucose, your body will always want to default to that. It's like going through any diet change, your gut biome is craving a certain thing. And so people go through the keto flu, which is this process of your entire bacteria in your gut going, give me yeah. some damn glucose. And then it, it needs to exit somewhere. So. <laughs> exactly. So so cortisol, we'll get into, um, obviously there's a lot of acute stuff here. So we're talking about the, I mean, we've, we've talked 
uh, extensively about um, the things that happen in a, in a very short period of time. But you can see, as you alluded to, as the process goes on, as time goes on and you have these, if your body, so like cortisol, for example, um, it's a steroid and cortisol is released. And I think a lot of people <clears throat> hear about uh, cortisol as this stress hormone, as this bad thing. And it's a good thing in small doses. Life. Life, exactly. <laughs> Um, but it is, um, it is detrimental to steroid any, and I'm not talking about like workout steroids. Um, and they do a little bit of this as well, but we're talking about hydrocortisone, right. prednisone. No doctor is ever going to give you a prescription of that drug <clears throat> for an extended period of time because right. it suppresses everything that you would have rolling in your homeostasis. It is there to protect you. It is there to protect you in a irritant situation. It's there to protect you against the mountain lion. It's there to protect you against the illness you have. It, it gives your body the fighting tools, but at some point the army is, needs to be repleted. It needs to have reserves. It needs to go back to the way it was. It's like a nation at war for, dare I say 15 years. Right. Like if we, if we extended a campaign in Iraq and Afghanistan, the way we were doing it in 2005 through 20 years, like at some point it's not going to function well. The right. people aren't going to function well. The system's not going to function well. It's just an, it's analogous. Well, you're creating a new norm. Exactly. Right. And, and that's not all the new norm is not always good. Yes. So, <laughs> so we'll talk about cortisol a little bit because this is the, um, this is the, the damned, uh, I, I guess it'd be a, a hormone. I, I yes. guess it, yeah, it yeah. is a hormone. Mm -hmm. So, um, what it does and, and why I think it is detrimental. Again, I don't think it's the end all be all to why people feel like shit. I don't think, because as we'll, we'll point out here, the hippocampus and uh, there's just so many variables yeah, to stress. Exactly. It. This is just physiological so, variables. Yeah. So it's, it's this cortisol is re released rather in the adrenal cortex. It's in the adrenal gland, the same place that epinephrine is released. That other, remember that other catecholamine I talked about and we give, and we give these norepinephrine and epinephrine in the hospital all the time when someone needs to keep their blood pressure up when they're dying. Like this is when we pull these out. When people are dying, anaphylaxis, uh, low blood pressure, we need to give this. So imagine, yeah, imagine it buys time. That's exactly what it is. That's all it is is buying time. So the uh, so what cortisol does? It increases blood sugar through the process through the liver, like we said. Um, it also that's oh, it says through gluconeogenesis, like I said. Nice. <laughs> Still know my physiology. Um, and what does it do? It suppresses the immune system. It aids in metabolism of fat, proteins, and carbohydrates, and it decreases bone formation. So right off the bat, in the description of cortisol alone, in any medical textbook, Wikipedia, Google articles, it is it will say that it absolutely suppresses right. the immune system. And that's not like uh, going into fine research and mining data to draw correlation between two different things that you've never actually researched. It's you know that you want to think it logically there. Yeah, and they probably are, but you're not just yeah. ignoring the research, but like that's that's what happens. It absolutely is. <laughs> so <clears throat> we'll talk about people that intermittently fast. Right. Um, they have a process. There's there's kind of two process, two process, process, process. Um, you have either a ketone formation, and the, these ketones are it's like an androgynous creation by your body that allows you're basically creating metabolism within your body right. in a good way, not like catabolism where your body's eating yourself and that's not healthy at all. That's like an anorexia or something like right. that. That is, that's not good. Yeah. You're not catabolic. Exactly. Yeah. You're not catabolic. Um, and what it does, so in a state of fasting, it, uh, 
changes, it, cortisol will go up because it's helping with that creation or of the glucose to get the glucose out of its stores and give you a little bit of energy. Right. So, um, as we said, um, it, it also suppresses the immune response. And I don't think it's as important to, uh, um, it, the, the huge nitty gritty with interleukins and all that stuff. That's not really the point. The point is that it prevents the release of substances in the body that cause inflammation, which sounds like a, like an okay thing, right? However, the immune response is what happens when you get sick. It is the whole body going, all right, time out. We got to yeah. find the infection or whatever's wrong. Exactly. We've, we've got to get rid of it. You get a splinter in your, in your, in your thumb or your, your finger and you have this cascade, you have this inflammation response, inflammatory response, and you've got all these uh, macrophages and all these cool cells. I mean, you know this better than I do. They come to the, to the site and they, the histamine response, and, it, and it's a good thing. Like, okay, let's fix this, right. and we'll back off. It's a good stress response. It's a good, good inflammation. Absolutely, good inflammation. But still needs to be managed. <laughs> needs to be managed. So you can imagine a prolonged illness, a prolonged mental state, or just stress in your life every single day, and you've got this, you've got this cortisol that's just up, and it's continually being uh, released in your body. And now you go outside; it's flu season, and you get a little bit of the the flu, the influenza. Well, how's your, how the hell is your body right. about to to overcome that? I mean, you add sleep deprivation on top of that, which is a huge reconstruction process for your body. What are you gonna do? I mean. I, I ask myself this all the time, work out or get seven to eight hours of sleep. And I will always default to seven to eight hours of sleep right. because it, it won't matter. Right. Like I'll be sick and then I don't, then I'm not working out. It's, it's just, it, well, I mean, you were talking about this in intermittent fasting, but even with ketosis or ketogenic diets, it's, it's essentially the same, like, um, people that carb backload. So they, you know, more of a fitness industry thing, uh, cause you need to deplete sugars, but um, a lot of times what they'll do is they encourage you not to have the carb throughout the day, which is carb backloading. Mm -hmm. And, but like, how do you cortisol in that, in that sense is actually good because we talked about the metabolism of different macronutrients and, and it's crucial, but even then there's still this level of, you know, there's amount of time or, and what it is, I don't know. Um, but a lot of times what we can do is combat it with caffeine and, and fats, yeah. right? So then when you put the fat in, it allows you to mobilize your own body fat. Now we're talking more of dietary and fitness uh, related stuff rather than overall health, but which I guess could be overall health still. But, mm. but like, you know, my knowledge on like a carb backloading or something would be that when you wake up, we know that when you wake up, um, your cortisol levels are way elevated. Yes. And that makes sense. You're coming out of usually you know, an eight to 10 hour period of fasting. Yeah. So what happens when you fast is intermittent fasting, cortisol needs to go up to get you some kind of sugar to function. Well, what happens when you're depleted? You know, if you're ketosis or something, well, now you're working on something else, but the liver still is pretty miraculous and give you some, some help. Um, but that's another example of like, just that cortisol response is crucial to yeah the weight control that you're trying to get at that point or sure. if you're in ketosis a lot of time, I mean, I've gone and uh, done ketogenic for yeah. head injury reasons and clarity, mental fogginess, like that stuff works. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge proponent, uh, advocate proponent, advocate of that. And uh, depending on what you're trying to accomplish, but cortisol, yeah, it, it dietary <clears throat> yeah. Uh, restrictions can, and can, it can be very beneficial yeah. to you. So here's where, here's where it goes wildly wrong. And, we've got this thing called insulin and everyone knows insulin as the thing that the type two diabetic takes, um, to help manage 
glucose levels. Right. So how does that work? It doesn't just like miraculously just get rid of glucose. That's, that's not the way it works. It, it, uh, it basically helps by promoting the absorption of glucose. So it helps as a, if I might get this wrong, but it's a transporter basically of, of glucose. It helps transport, transport glucose. I think that's a good way. So circulating insulin also affects the synthesis of proteins in a wide variety of tissues. Uh, it is a hormone. Insulin's like a, a builder. It's an anabolic hormone, yeah. right? So it sure. wants to build what it wants to build. Well, that's where you have to get very uh, strategic with what you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> so here, so we all know insulin is important. And we, we talked about this too. Uh, so you said um, during, uh, during the night, uh, you're, you're going through a fasting phase and your cortisol levels go up. Uh, but you also have, and this is why like night shift is, is so detrimental to people. They call it the graveyard shift or because you have a specific way they call it diurnal, right? Daytime, nighttime, where your body's overall metabolism, hormone modulation, all goes through a very specific thing during the night. You know, that's where you're not supposed to eat during the night because you've, you have, you, there's a, I don't want to say suppression is not the right word, but it's, there's a specific like rest sympathetic, parasympathetic response that happens during the night. So when you're up all night, just cram like slugging pizza, Taco Bell, shitty things out of the vending machine, your body's like, yeah, ah, like we're not well, like, then you wake up the next morning. I can't figure out why I'm so tired. Exactly. Well, so, like so, eating before bed is not the issue. It's, it's eating super late into the yes. night and then not getting adequate sweet sleep, sweep, sweep, sleep, sleep, uh, that, that really destroys it. I mean, if we're talking about from a fitness standpoint, eating before bed is almost crucial. Yeah. Um, and a lot of hormonal issues go on. We, we, there's the research is out there, but at the same time, yeah, you wake up and you eat something, you know, you fall asleep for two hours and you're like, oh, I'm hungry and yeah. wake up. Like, no, that's not, that's not a good look. That's why we have certain types of food that we would eat yeah. prior to bed to keep protein, uh, circulating. And so that we can, I don't know. And what I'm referencing is, is maintaining, uh, an anabolic, um, arena for your body to live in but at the same time it's not supposed to be detrimental to sleep because Mm -hmm. sleep is really uh, essentially everything to us i mean it's sleep is uh in my mind equivalent to the air you breathe yeah well it is i mean without getting off track here i mean we're talking about evolution with the fight or flight like why can't we there's two there's two like trillion dollar questions here like if you and i were to figure this out we would never have to work for the rest of our life. Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay. So here's, let me propose the first problem. The first one is, um, we can't, uh, we can't clump our sleep. We can't expect to get two hours of sleep and take two, four hour naps to get our eight hours of sleep. Uh, That doesn't work that way. And if you can hack that and figure that out, you're a good job. Scrooge McDuck. Well, and the research out on it right now, like, uh, who is it? Uh, Kirk Parsley, Dr. Kirk Parsley is a sleep guru. Um, he talks about the ability to, uh, what was the, I can't remember the word he used, but essentially chunk your sleep. So if you only get four hours one night, yes, you know, in maybe a few days span taking a nap and then getting full night's rest, like you can manipulate it a little bit, but for how long, it's probably not more than a week that you can no. really manage that. And at that point, we're you know still talking about cortisol and stress yes. response, but sleep is really a, combat, a combatant to stress and also... Um, an enabler to stress or sure exactly depending on how much you get right (laughs) Right. so so there there's the million dollar question right the second one is uh, and the reason behind that and you can look it's an evolutionary type thing just like flight or fight our ancestors never had to worry about clumping sleep 
they never, that's why they slept in trees. That's why they slept in caves, kept the fire going, worked in shifts. They never had to worry about that. If we were able to clump our sleep, we would have, there would have been some sort of evolutionary indication or something we could look back on and go, look, we adapted, we evolved to be able to do this. We are not evolved, just like the fight or flight, we evolved specifically to have our entire body work in a symbiotic relationship to get rid of the trigger and all these things we've been talking about. So that's the, that's the one. The second one is being able to, <clears throat> in the topic of diurnal, daytime versus nighttime. So if I work a night shift and I crush a ton of like shitty food, or just food in general, it doesn't matter, it could be healthy food, There, I can't, over time, change my body in any sort of meaningful way to be the way, like flipping your nighttime and your daytime. Like I'll never be able to uh, create the same amount of melatonin I need working on a day shift. You can, you can do things like blackout uh, uh, drapes and stuff you like that. You can create it, but it's not going to be the same as... <clears throat> Sleeping, sleeping during the night. Yeah, we are on circadian rhythms for, it, a, reason. for a reason. Yeah, like I was just talking to my dad about sleep and, and circadian rhythms, where you you can fight them, but at the end of the day, they're built in. Like you, can, I think that you could probably. I don't know what the research says on, but you can probably change them to a point, manipulate a but little like, bit. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So this comes back full circle to insulin. Um, cortisol counteracts insulin. Okay, so when you're in a prolonged stress response. And we've just talked about insulin being this steroid that allows for transport of just, we'll just say nutrients or, or energy rather. Um, when you have something that continually uh, counteracts that, now you have something called insulin resistance. So you create, it inhibits the peripheral use of glucose. And so we can think about um, insulin resistance is what type two diabetes is all about. And what that, uh, so insulin resistance, just to kind of back up and in, in just so I don't butcher this, but it's when cells fail to respond to the normal hormone insulin. Right. And you, what happens is you get this, um, you can, you have this flood of, of glucose and your body really just doesn't do anything with it. It's and, when it, 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 insulin resistance, something that can be managed, right? I mean, we're talking yeah. about type two diabetic in, in this particular scenario of, a lot of this is, I mean, it's the stress compound, uh, you know, being compounded with um, umpteen variables, but a lot of that is dietary. Mm -hmm. You know, like we've, we know that we can pretty much get people out of type two diabetes. We can through right? diet. Like, yeah. You literally can. Not, like now we're managing yeah. your blood glucose and we're doing some different things and we're, we're training the body to do something different, but we're training you to provide it something different. Yeah. Um, Type one's a totally different monster, but when you're talking about insulin resistance, it, it is really just a, the inability to properly use or for insulin to optimally um, do what it's supposed work, to work, work yeah. at it, work at its best. That was not how I wanted to say that, but that's what I said. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's, again, there's also a lot, <clears throat> you could, you could be in a stress, prolonged stress response and um, have the cortisol release and, and not I mean, you'll have insulin resistance, but it doesn't mean you're going to be a type two diabetic type, right, type right. two diabetes is mainly the, the biggest cause of type two diabetes. So people out there like, oh, shit, I'm always stressed out. Like I'm going to get, yeah, no. you definitely have an increased risk factor for that. You're not helping yourself, but you're not helping yourself, um, that you're right. Um, but if you're also having, uh, simple sugars, um, fructose, um, these are things that contribute to insulin resistance. 
And essentially what your body is doing, so the liver plays a role in storage of it, right? Right. And you come back to that entire thing, like cortisol and uh, epinephrine that help with the creation of glucose, just like the liver helps the gluconeogenesis where it it helps get that glucose into the bloodstream. It also has to store it as well. And it's a very cyclical process, right? And like anything, like any circle, it's strong. Circles are very strong. And so when it's a negative situation, uh, in this case, type two diabetes, we have to find a break in that circle and allow something to open up and enter something new. Like it's not that it can't be changed. It's not that it cannot be manipulated. It's that we have to break that uh, cyclical process and open up an opportunity for you to say like, you know what, for one month, I'm going to eat very healthy and I'm going to introduce three days a week, a walking or something like that, where now we are changing our physiology by external components and an internal story gets to change too. And now that mm-hmm. circle starts becoming more of an oval square and then it molds back into a circle, hopefully, um, At some point. of, of healthy cyclical yeah. processes. Um, it, it's such a man, for all the stress I was under coming into this uh, with school, I feel like I'm remotivated and that's new, newly motivated, newly remotivated, motivated. Um, to like study again. Where I'm not not as stressed about it. Like, wow, the, the body is incredibly fascinating. Yeah. We're only talking about stress, and we're only we're only breaking the surface of physiology. I'm sure yeah. that there's people way above our pay grade uh, of zero dollars right now mm. um, that could explain this in a way that we'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. How oh, exactly. does that happen? So, so let's let's get into the 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 relative component to obviously it's all relative, but the memory and sure, the yeah. sleep stress and mood. So we obviously we know uh, we're using cortisol, but the entire stress response in a prolonged period, the cortisol is the one thing that stays elevated. Um, and is it, I don't know, someone could tell us this, you know, is it the, the real detriment here? I don't know. I can imagine that, um, not being optimized or in homeostasis plays a huge role in sure. that. But I mean, cortisol plays a pretty damn big role. In- if, I, if I remember correctly, too, cortisol it affects pH in the body. So now, when you're talking about optimization so of homeostasis, basic yeah. or more acidic is not good. Like we no. know where we need to function, and and I think it's cortisol that does impact. It, it has potential to impact it, pH. It and does. When your pH changes even a tenth of of a number. <laughs> so, so for example, to give people uh, some relevance here, typically we like to see our blood pH at about 7.34, right. uh, 7.35. It fluctuates, obviously. Um, when you, uh, the big one being uh, lack of oxygen creates a highly acidic environment. So right. you have byproducts of aerob- anaerobic uh, production. Uh, they're byproducts of that. Um, y- you drop your pH considerably. And th- I mean, I think it's, getting into 7.2, 7.0. I mean, we're in code situations where uh, individuals have lack of oxygen for an extended period of time. When we get to like 6.9... You're looking at tissue death. You're done. I mean, you literally are. I mean, that's an index... And someone's going to not... Don't quote me on that, but dropping that way, you literally look at your arterial blood gas um, yeah. and you're like, this is this is it. Like, this is yeah. not sustainable for life. Well, I'm like, any tissue deprived of oxygen is bad, but... When you deprive the brain of any oxygen for excuse, any any period of time, we know that, yeah. and the brain is everything to yeah. us. It is. It is. Look at what yeah. we're, we're talking about: mental health. We're talking about mentality. It is everything to us. And you deprive it of oxygen and glucose, right? Or ketone, whatever, whatever it needs. Any of those three things, we're, we're screwed. Yeah, we're screwed. So, um, so here's the the memory portion of this now. So this is where hey, I've had this. Uh, 
Hi, Bear. Or uh, if you if you've heard a uh, a smash in the background, that's our our wonderful chocolate lab who knocked Say down hi, the bear. barrier uh, into <laughs> the uh, into the into the room because he really wanted to be in here. Uh, bye, bye, Bear. Bye, Bear. Oh, he just he wants to stay so badly. Poor guy. Um, thank you, Sarah, for this. Okay, he's out. <clears throat> All right. So cortisol works with epinephrine, um, and ironically, it it creates memories of, of short-term emotional events. Uh, uh, episodes. Uh, episodes, exactly. I think, is it episodic? Episodic? Episodic. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Every time uh, I see that word, I just veer the other way because yeah, so I'm it, not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, well, they call it flashball <laughs> memories. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that makes sense. Um, and it may originate as a means to remember what to avoid in the future. So it's like conditioning. Like, hey, right. uh, let's uh, stop. So Rattlesnake. Yeah. Next time, don't go to so it. Fuck with that. Um, but what it does is the long-term exposure to cortisol. So this would be your uh, hippocampus, right? This place that creates memories and for all intents and purpose for this podcast, that's what it does. This really results in impaired learning. No memory. I mean, you're smiling, but it's like I, I can think back to when I was like, this is not your situation, but parting my ass off while we were studying and stuff like that and being in that prolonged state. How do you think you're going to do in that test, man? Right. It's uh, this hit. This part of this episode is going to hit home incredibly okay. hard. And I'm not sure I'm going to be able to articulate okay. all of it well. But let me add one more thing before yeah, yeah, you go, go into for this. It. So cortisol inhibits memory retrieval of already stored information. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, you're smiling, but it's it's. I mean, think about when you're driving somewhere. And like for me, some of my anxiety is like going to a new place or going somewhere even that I know I'm going, but I'm nervous to see people, self-esteem issues, confidence yeah. issues, these things that make your anxiety start, to, the engine turns on. And for people that do struggle with anxiety, they know when the engine turns on, it's, that freight train's already hot and going. Like yeah. it, it, there's zero to a hundred real quick. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it's... I know that like I'm going to a place. It could be going to an ice rink for me. Easy, sure. easy thing. I'm like, oh yeah, I know. I know exactly how to get there. And I'm driving. I'm thinking about all the things I'm anxious about. Oh, you know, even if it's beer league, oh, I might get hit. I might get hurt. I might see somebody. I don't want to do this tonight. I'm tired. What if I don't play the best? And all of a sudden, I'm like, what? What arena am I going to? What <laughs> road do I have to turn down? Like, I cannot retrieve. Like, I'm I'm screwed. Yeah. And eventually, when it's like. Oh, you know, there's, I mean, probably not the greatest example because you're like, oh, well, it's right there. We're good to go. But for simplicity, the, it's something as simple as that that might not be retrieved. Um, for me, I'm, I'm laughing about this because I just got, I'm talking to a buddy in my class. I'm talking to my sister. Uh, I think that I've made it pretty known on here that although I love learning, I'm not the greatest student in the world. And I think a lot of it, now that we're talking about this, is probably more stress-induced than anything. Mm -hmm. Sure, head injuries from my past don't help. Um, I'm sure my focus doesn't help. Plenty of variables, sure. just like stress has. Um, but it's funny because we're sitting in the lab, and I I have a relatively strong anatomy background. That's something I really enjoy. It's something that come, came relatively easy to me. But there's things that are said, and I'm like, I know the answer to this, but I I don't have a fucking clue right now. Like I couldn't I couldn't tell you. And someone says it, and you're like, son of a bitch that. I was overthinking that so much. And I think that's what stress also does to you is where it puts you in these, you know, I, I talk more psychological about it. I think that's for yeah. me, that's where most of my issues lie. Sure. Um, I think most of our issues lie yes, psychologically. Mine, anyways. Mine um, but you, you look at these things and 
when you introduce that stress, it, it creates this anxiety, at least in my case. And now when I go to sit down and study, if I don't get it the first time, I'm frustrated. If I don't get the second time, I'm ready to quit. If I don't get the third time, I'm, I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I'm never going to get this. And that, that type of thing, that's lack of stress management. Um, but the more you learn about it, and this is that's why it's funny because I came into this and I hadn't we hadn't talked about any of this, but I was just texting my sister and my buddy and I'm like, I don't know that I'm cut out for school. And not that this is going to answer that question. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. That's a decision I yeah. need to make somewhere else. But what is the reason that thought's coming in? It's because I'm having trouble focusing and it's because the stress, I allowed one bit of stress come up and then all of a sudden I can't remember anything. I can't focus. Um, I'm worried about you know 20 years from now. I'm worried about everything else that I have to do and you start this cascade of events and all of that is physiological. Uh, I, you know, depending on who you like to listen to, it could be uh, Tom Bilyeu, it could be Tony Robbins, it could be Gary V. Gary V does a ton of mental stuff right now. Like he, I love Gary V. He's great, yeah. great stuff. And like these people that are super successful in almost every aspect that you would define uh, success, financially, mentally, physically, relationship, career, everything. Yeah. It's fine. Um, you're talking about the mentality and you have an ability to stay focused, but when that cascade starts, how do you return back? How do you change your physiology? If you're depressed, you're stressed, you're anxious, uh, you're super happy, you want to be down, change physiology. You know, like jump up and down. If you want to eliminate sh negative stress, and it, which might be causing you depression and or anxiety, act sharp, build confidence, puff your chest out, smile, walk fast, yeah. walk walk boldly, and all of a sudden, just smile for 20 I was gonna seconds. Say, doesn't, isn't there something that says smiling, they actually? Have, they have proven that when, the, when you smile, the muscles in your face create a physiological response in your body that don't, doesn't allow you to, I mean, I shouldn't say doesn't allow you, it changes the physiology so that now we're talking about breaking that cyclical cycle. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I've tried to really put into effect in the last few weeks. Um, you, you hear me like I, I just put on random YouTube videos when I'm, yeah. you know, in the kitchen yeah. cooking and like, for me, it's just, you know, the more good you put in, the, the more good you're going to get out. But when these cascade of events start, I'm, I'm very, uh, open about my issues and it, it's, it's a waterfall of negative thought. And so how, you know, for me, I want to talk about how do we combat the stress, but also what else happens? I mean, you're not going to perform your best. You're, you're an athlete. The greatest thing about athletes making a mistake is that usually you can watch the, you can watch the stress response. Sure. Their, their production is the answer to your stress. What are they stressing about? Oh, okay. So you make a mistake and then they come back and they ought like, Next play, they dominate it. They respond. You know, it could be a football player fumbles the ball. Next play, you know, next uh, series down, gets the handoff, and he takes it to the house. You know, seventy yards sprint down the field, untouched, no problem. Well, what happened there? Positive response to that stress, that stressful situation. Other people, and it could be very situational, might go the other way. They might fumble again. They might make another error in baseball. Yeah. They might turn the puck over. You know, whatever it could be in the career. It could be you enter data wrong in your computer. And okay, I need to focus up. Other people, mm, I would say me more often than not at this point in my life, focus on the error, and then they continue to make more yeah. errors. It's like fumbling in a presentation, and you're like, some people just boom, they're back right. in it. They make light of it. It's a humorous thing, right. even if it's supposed to be something as as serious as it. You know, sure. you just hey, like a fumbled, but. Or you just, you crumble. And oh, I think yeah. that a lot of people 
I think there's there's a ton of variables into that too. I mean, it's just self belief, sure, it's, yeah, it's yeah. communication, whatever it is. But a lot of it too is how do they respond immediately? I mean, you fumble the ball, the play's over. Do you hang your head walking to the bench? Because if you do, my guess is that the next play you're not gonna, you're yeah. not ready to respond unless something else happens. Yeah. But the people that sprint off the field and like give me the ball back, a lot of times that's the person that's going to be like, I got this. Yeah, like this that was a fluke. I'm ready to go. And really, it's it's changing physiology. How did he act? Um, you about your body changes changes your stress, right? So, we've we've yeah. established that through all this physiology talk. Well, so you you bring up the the point here that it's it's changing the physiology. It's changing the the environment. It's changing the so for example, this doesn't really work that well when you're talking about someone with like a chronic disease or right. uh, you know like a a cancer or something like this becomes it's a very, lot, lot less effective. It's very difficult because your body's going through a completely different physiology, right? Uh, there's pathophysiology involved. We're talking about in the case of school being a stressor or, um, you know, you, you name it, managing your mental stress. Exactly. You say it's <clears throat> changing the physiology. So instead of saying, so for example here, uh, they found that change patterns of, uh, serum cortisol uh, have been observed in connection with, mood disorders, major depression, anxiety, right. psychological stress. So it isn't, it isn't that like there, there's oh, your hey, chronic yeah, cortisol. Release. Exactly. So you're not saying, Hey, I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm depressed or have anxiety. So I just need to overcome the anxiety. Well, no, it's like, let's look at what's going on. Right. What's, what, what is creating the anxiety? Is it the, is it the, the chronic stress response? Is it this cortisol release? If you can fix that, I think that's a good way when you're feeling down or if, because these things just happen. You just feel sure. like shit some days. And, but if you find yourself like continually feeling stressed out, um, it's like, okay, now we have to change the physiology. And in this case, uh, like for example, we find these coping mechanisms like you were just talking about. So working out, maybe being one of them. I did the uh, sensory deprivation float tank the other right. day. And um, it's a you basically are creating a parasympathetic response. Like your body is literally disassociated with your head. You can have all the traumatic thoughts that flush through that flow into your brain, but there's no connection with the body that's floating essentially in anti-gravity. It's, it's uh, quote unquote out of body experience. It is, it is an out of body experience, <laughs> but, but you know, you, you, you change the cycle. Like if I were to do that, I would be curious to try something like that. If I was truly stressed out and freaking out, um, to be able to have one like in the basement and every morning get in for one hour and just like start the day completely stress-free. I mean, I'll tell you when I get out of those things, when I've been 90 minutes, my body, my, my brain shuts off. Right. It literally shuts off. And when I get out find a way to turn it back on, I, I, yeah, it's sometimes difficult. Uh, and I do stupid things like reach for coffee, but the, to know what it's like to be truly just relaxed is your body's just like in this weird flow state slash level that you're like, this is how could I be like this? all the time well, it, it it's funny because we we've talked about uh, we've talked about stress in a negative situation mm -hmm. mostly but it's really finding that threshold of where stress meets the intensity of stress is met at the perfect spot sure um, we talk about this in the program I'm in the first semester and if anybody from the class is listening they'll i'm they, sure they'll, they, they'll know that this is tongue-in-cheek because i have my personal beliefs about what first semester was all about um but we talked about learning under arousal and that would be the opportunity to allow stress to be met at the perfect threshold so that's the benefit of sitting in class i'm the i'm the 
professor and you're sitting there and I'm asking questions. I said, Nate, then all of a sudden you're like, well, what the, yeah. uh, Oh, but even if you get that wrong, there's a level of arousal that when someone gives the right answer, you can be like, okay, I remember it. And that whole arousal, that's the whole event, um, that helps now for others. I would, I wouldn't be so quick to lump myself in there, but I think I'm closer to this side of it. I think that others, when they get that arousal, the arousal is way too high. Um, especially because we panic. And I think this is an anxiety issue where sure. even on an exam, I started reading a question. I'm like, I have no clue. I have no clue. And I'm like, boom, straight to hell with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. where other people like breathe it out and they kind of take their time. I'm just like immediately, I'm never going to figure this one out. And so it can be detrimental. That's that threshold of where stress can be really great. And that's just one example. I'm, you know, sports have another career. Every situation is going to have yeah. a threshold of probably everything you ever wanted. Um, but how do you combat, how do you optimize stress? We just talked about that arousal. We talked about the detriments. I mean, we're talking about stress that leads to depression. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be phy- uh, physiologic there, uh, but it, I mean, I guess it is, but depression is really just that constant feedback of not being good enough or remembering that stressful uh, situation where that's how I believe everything's going to be. Yeah. I think that it's I've struggled with that. Anxiety is taking old stressful situations and saying everything's going to be like yeah. that. And now I'm creating other <clears throat> stressful events. Um, they, they just, I mean, it stress affects every aspect of everything we do. Yeah. And so how do you find this optimization? We're talking about yeah. exercise. I mean, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, I'm burning off the, the negative energy. You're changing yourself physiologically. Yeah. You're, Think about endorphins. You're, right. Think about yeah. hormones and stuff that, that really take care of all this stuff. Um, the way that you perceive something, this is something we've talked about, changes the threshold of stress. Mm-hmm. If you go in, me, uh, to an exam thinking I'm not going to pass this, you're already on high alert and you're already stressed. You're already functioning at a lower level. So think about um, the memories that you're trying to, right. to pull. There's and- no way you're going to pull it. I mean, very, I mean, certain contexts might pull it out, but you know, yeah. now you're relying on word recognition versus you have this knowledge base that if you were a blank slate of with no stress, I don't want to say no stress, but you had the right amount of stress, you'd be plucking those things out of thin yeah. air, like no no problem. So there's an interesting, uh, Dan Harris did a podcast and was on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, yeah, actually. I, knew, I was actually going to bring this up. Oh, okay. So I don't mean to steal your no, thunder. No, no, go for it. Go for it. But you talk about uh, introducing stress that can work to your benefit. And, you know, you think of somebody, I think of all the things that I've done in my life, and I'm. this is not braggadocious, this is not the point, but to put yourself in many situations that just push the threshold of what you're comfortable with. That's stressful. That means going on the hike, like you said, or uh, like in my case, uh, the thing I can think of that I would have never done in my entire life was sign up for the military and then go through all the stress surrounding that of like going places I'd never been, doing things I'd never done in my entire life and being cold and being, you know, pissed off and just introduction of stress, the school part of it, the, the, continual, uh, expectation or, uh, we'll just say that's, that's what it is that they, so that's, that's a stress, right? And so when you are able to just introduce that a little bit every single day, maybe meditation that you're just not used to doing when you get back to your homeostasis, that baseline, like you're so much better off because you can handle things that come up in your life that become a little, little bit stressful, but your body is conditioned to be like, I know how to respond to this. I know how to overcome this. It's like the people that say, 
put me in a stressful situation and I'll overcome every single time. Well, that's not like, maybe there's some freaks out there that it just doesn't matter. Right. But that's the 1%. Exactly. But typically that's a conditioned thing. That's, you just learn how to do that. I mean, Sarah and I talk about this all the time. It's like, I can just pick up and go wherever I want. I have no problem doing that. I like, I'll go, I've lived in X amount of cities. I just picked up and left and I wanted to go just do something. And now I can do it anytime I want to. Right. Whereas someone else, it's, it's it, for me, it's a bigger struggle. It's a way bigger struggle. It's a, it, the, the unknown is there and it bogs you down, but because we've done it and you, at this point you've done it now, like, you know what it's like, you know what it entails. And that little bit of stress allows you to cope with every other stressful thing, but who knows what your stress level might be like if you hadn't introduced a little bit of that stress that you've right. learned to overcome. Right. It, it is, it stress is a learn, learnable, uh, a learned situation. Um, you can, again, introducing stress to your life. It's like weight training. Yeah. You don't, you don't lift 400 pounds without stressing your body with 300 pounds. And Very true. you know, like stuff like that. It stressed stress is, is a, a learned commodity. I mean, yeah. how to cope with it, how to enhance it, how to manage it. Yeah. It's, and, it's never ending. Yeah. And, and when you say managing it, like at least understanding what the hell's going on and understand that, Hey, if I, allow this to be prolonged. This is what's going to happen. This is the mental state. This is, I'm not going to be able to cope uh, positively with any sort of stressful situation that comes up. I mean, that's the management. I mean, you can pick, I don't give a shit what your management is. Like it could be playing the guitar. It could be sleeping. It could be watching the office. It could be watching parks and rec. It could be going on a hike. Like that's all managing stress. Um, but also knowing what's going on in your body and understanding that, Hey, I feel baseline frustrated this is not normally how i act what's going on right i don't know there's there's some kind of stimulus there whether it's positive or, positive or negative yeah. but the, the cool thing about stress and its negative side is that if caught early enough it can be reversed you know we're talking about memory we're talking yeah. about stress the capability to kill brain cells essentially um we do know that it's old school thing is that we do not develop new neurons well mm. we've proven that wrong mm. we've developed we've shown that we can develop this now 20 years of straight stress, probably not going to have yeah. great success with uh, sort of like the, reversing it. The horrible diabetic, type right. diabetic. Right. Like there's, there's at some point going to be a point of no return. Exactly. Um, now where that is probably different for every single sure. person in the world. Um, but we do know that a lot of it is reversible. Um, and that's, you know, I think part of the reason we started a podcast, maybe subconsciously, sure. uh, at least in my case is that I'm in the process of trying to reverse how I respond to stress, how I look at myself. All these, th- I think, all these things are developed through stress. Um, the way you talk about yourself, it's mm. really my response God. to stress. I'm so negative too. She's it, she's laughing. Look at her. Well, it's <clears throat> like we've talked about this before. Like it, I think it is human nature. It's easy to latch on to negative. It's very low energy. Yeah. So, who, you know, why wouldn't you do the easy thing? The hard thing is to elevate yourself. Right. And we're talking about homeostasis, like being all this, but like, and when you introduce stress, either you learn how to cope with stress or you're elevating your level of homeostasis, your level of optimization. It's all all relative. Right. So either way you look at it, you are improving you, you're improving the situation, your response, your ability to handle more. Uh, It's incredible. I'm learning so much. Like I'm, I'm being able to take a um, external perspective on myself right now and look back in and say like, what the hell was the last two hours of me sitting upstairs where I'm basically in tears because I'm overwhelmed. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Okay. Well, who cares? But now I'm sitting here and we're talking about all these things and I'm like, damn it. 
The body's fucking awesome, man. Like that's why I'm in school. I want to know everything about this this stupid thing. Beautiful that, thing the, yeah. yeah, this it's incredible. Uh, now, do you have to be in school to do it? I don't know. This is a whole different topic. But the the it's point of right, yeah, yeah. It's a stress has so many variables to it. We're talking about memory. We're talking about depression, anxiety. We're talking about stroke, heart attacks, high blood pressure. We're talking yes. about potentially getting into diabetics. I mean. It's kind of an endless situation. It's it's really negative stress or functioning at a, a threshold of stress that's not um, optimal. optimal for you is going to, if not managed properly or within the right time frame, is going to kill you. Yes. Uh, that's just the way it is. Like and for me, like I'm almost getting shivers there because I'm like, well, son, uh, <laughs> time to buck up and do the job here. Look, like we we all die, but I. Like I said, y'all want to die. Right. I want to leave an impact on the world at some point and and do it. You know, it's, um, but again, like, uh, how, I don't know where we are in time, but we'll wrap it up. here. Yeah. And I I guess just for coping mechanisms, a lot of people do meditate to manage stress better, whether it's to introduce more stress so that you can handle real life stress better. Uh, whether it's just to kind of take a pause and take some time for yourself to energize yourself and change your physiology through that breathing. So why do we do drugs? Why do we smoke cigarettes? People that are stressed and they go smoke a cigarette, yeah, there's there's um, different components of a cigarette that I'm sure physiologically change you. The, but what yeah. changes it? Your breathing. You are breathing so deep. So like, what is meditation? It's a deep breathing mm-hmm. uh, stimulus. So now we're getting more oxygen. We're inviting the parasympathetic system to say, I got this. Hmm. There's no fight or flight situation. It's just all mental. And now what we do is we bring in breathing. And that's why we talk about um, even working out and sports and meditation and therapy and just functioning life. Where do most people breathe? Short and shallow. So when you're stressed out the next time, first thing you should do is turn your breath. Where are you breathing? Are you, are you breathing like that? Because take, take 30 hmm. seconds, just go... They say, smell the candles or smell the roses, blow out the candles. Right. In with the good, out with the bad. Hmm. This is, this is when I, when I coach a class, I'm sure people hate when I say it, but it's, it's the truth. And I don't always do it well, but if you don't breathe well, you don't perform well. If you don't perform well, your stress is probably going to be higher. Your stress is higher because you're not performing well. Uh, Sean Alexander, I think it was the name of the old, he used, he, at one point he had the running uh, touchdown, t- um, uh, most touchdowns in a season broke the record and like i was watching some episode about it, and they were like well we figured out that when he was running he wasn't breathing and then when we trained him to run and breathe at the same time what happened hmm. he broke nfl records breathing is just like our brain is everything to our body breathing is really the precursor to everything else so when you are stressed that's why people uh, when you say something really daunting to them they, they might sit back and just Take that huge inhale, pause, blow it back out, and everything they reset. A lot of times people think it's just getting away from your thought process. Fine. But physiologically, you're changing everything. Box mm. breathing. Um, they do four seconds in, yeah. four second hold, four second out, four second hold. Dude, maybe that's why Wim Hof is it's just, just crushing the, the game. Yeah. Wim Hof is, I have fear of even trying what he does because that guy is out of his mind yes he is but i know people that have taken some of his courses and they're like dude i don't want to say it changed my life but it changed my perspective, perspective. on a lot of certain like ways to handle yeah. life for those of you he's a 
well, he's a freak, but he's a, like a breathing. It's all he does. It's all he does. Everything is based on breath. I mean, he'll sit in, in the Arctic, in yeah. the water, surrounded by ice, no shirt, just his shorts on, and he'll sit there and talk to you. He climbed Everest in shorts. What? You know, yeah, like, which is probably not going to work for most people. Yeah, but let's try not let's yeah. not try that. Just play a video game or something like that. That's interesting though, and you know, that's just reaffirming why I want to get into meditation. But it's just getting up and doing it. It's I know I need to do it, but I, I don't know. The, so the many hours in a day. It's it's, <clears throat> it's trying to manage priority and well, there um, is and a, that's part of yeah. stress right there. Right? Well, like I will tell you. Yeah, I will tell you um, if you do. And I think I brought it up before, but Headspace. Yeah, that I app, just started using it yeah, again. Actually, is, yeah. is fantastic. It's yeah. it really does. It's it's an easy way to get into meditation. I will tell you, I I bought it maybe when I came out here. I think I bought the full year subscription, yeah. and I stopped using it for a couple of months. And uh, they made some updates. I started actually last oh, really? week using it, and now you can change the duration of your meditation because most of them were ten minutes. Yeah, you go 10, 15, 20. Oh, so you, it's great. Okay, it's great. There's a lot more uh, stuff going on with it. Hmm. Um, terrific. Um, I do want to check out Dan Harris's new app. Um, Did uh, he 10%, 10% better? Something like that. It, they, they have an app for meditation. Um, oh, okay. And, and apparently the reviews on it are just hmm. fabulous. So. Well, he's a meditation guru. Right. So I'll have to check right. that out. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah. we are like, well, who cares? But we're, yeah, yeah. We're, we're an hour and 15. Cool. And uh, I think I'm sure I've, we'll circle back I, up I to this I've topic. I think I've exhausted my stress. Yeah. Talk about Funny enough, I feel a lot better right now. Funny how that works. <laughs> there well, be. you know, as always, my friend. Absolutely, man. It's a, it's a pleasure, and uh, we'll be back. Hopefully, uh, you know, I think it's it's better. We just kind of go. We'll uh, be back. At, we'll be back as needed. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I really some, some good stuff coming out yeah. the pipeline here. I I am a proponent of of quality over quantity as right. well, and I think you know we would have been pushing it last week, but for those of you who are sticking in, we certainly appreciate it. So, yeah. anyway, with that. Yeah, uh, just um, find us on Instagram at life well life well done. That's yeah, gonna be, I got to change yeah. us up. Yeah, um, Facebook, you can find us there. But definitely just subscribe, share, rate, whatever it is on iTunes, wherever you're finding us. At. Cool. All right, brother. We'll see you next time. Sounds good. Bye.